And we're back on the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast with Podcast Guy. Wow, thanks for having me, man. Be talking to some of the fans up in the, the Pacific Northwest. Your Demi got him. Yeah. Pretty good, darling. Pretty good. Yo! We're the Voros twins. They know we like PCO to the horror show. Freaking me out, man. <laughs> Freaking me out, yo. We are leaving the station. L Train, take us out. Hello. This is the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is the L Train. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of walking back and forth in my living room because I just hit the button on the recorder. And before I go back over to my recliner, I'm going to turn it over here <laughs> and say hello. She's back. Two weeks in a row. I told you we're going old school. We're kicking it old school here. Uh, apparently. The one. The operative term is the old. The only. The sexy. The amazing. My love of my life. Mrs. Clams. Mrs. Clams. The slightly buzzed Mrs. Clams. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing uh, pretty good. Good. And uh, before we get started here, I'm going to sit down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Please do. Spin this. Spin it. Spin this chair. Mm-hmm. And uh, today's a great day as this podcast releases. Obviously, we recorded this the night before. But it is. And we can't tell him. Happy birthday, to my son, yes, big twentieth, <laughs> Mister Nick. Uh, he doesn't like to have birthdays the last two years. No. It's kind of his thing. He's off him. He lets Grammy bake him a nice apple pie. Yep. I got to be quiet, okay? He's upstairs. <laughs> if he'll come down here, man, he's a big guy. Yep. I don't want him coming around here. He's gonna suplex me, hit me with a stunner. He might. But a happy two o on this podcast yes. released to my son. The gift you gave me. Yes. Mr. Nick. Yes. Absolutely. The big Th- 2-0. Thoughts on 2-0 of the big man just real oh. quick here before he catches us talking about him. Oh, I don't even know what to say. I'm still wrestling with it, frankly. Ha, ha, ha. No pun well, intended. Me and that man, we met the first time he was about 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. Maybe closer to 12. And then, uh, you know, his 13th birthday came. You mean when you were still taller than he? Yeah. Yeah. Long, Long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> it's, he's been taller than me. He's a tall drink of water now. A whole lot longer than me now. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, um, he was a gift from you to me with our love. Yeah. Hell yeah. Not to get all gushy and gushy <laughs> here, but it is a great day. Yes. My Be- boy's birthday. Happy birthday. Yes, indeed. But anyway, uh, Mrs. Clams, it's also... Taco Tuesday, and we did have it tacos. Is. It's Washington State uh, primary voting today. Yeah. How'd that work out? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't checked the results. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't off, think my, it I'm off my game today. Is is this where Biden accepts the... No, I didn't have shit to do with this. This is just the primary stuff. This is local. All right. Politics well. is local on this one. I got to say, the only thing I am looking forward to right now is November the 3rd. That's all I can focus on right now. You know, is not that we get too crazy big, into politics. Big picture stuff there and coming but, up. Uh, but there's yeah. something that needs to happen that, you know, has to happen <laughs> that everyone oh, that I know. This podcast will be coming out of Canada. That, <laughs> yeah. We can't even get into Canada. I know. That's more's the pity. The virus. And that's all a part of it. But anyway. Yeah, I know. Oh. We'll, we'll sneak over the border. Somebody, you know, somebody <laughs> will let us hide in the back of a pickup or something. We'll, we'll make it work. We will make it work. But anyway, happy Taco Tuesday. But uh, 
Hey, uh, remember the other night we were watching a little AEW and uh, the one and only Warhorse, who we yeah. saw at AE or saw at AEW. We yes, we just did see him at AEW. We did. But what I meant was we saw him at Without a Cause yes. against Daniel Macabe. We did. And uh, very cool to see him going one on one with Cody last week. Uh, some quick thoughts on that, Mrs. Clamps. I think that's awesome. Good for him. If, uh, it's nice to see talented people get a shot at the big time. So yeah. very cool. He he gave it. His all, and then it was crazy because the man formerly known as Zack Ryder yeah. came out after that, so that was cool. That so was we've seen him show cool. up in AEW, you know, a bunch of people showing up in uh, Impact. Yeah, I just heard Kimberly signed with she Impact. Did. She so. signed with Impact. Impact's, man, they're, they're, no, it's pretty they're cool. kicking it. You know, pretty they're cool. doing it really good since I'm that still excited about Ivelisse being at AEW, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Cool, Everyone's cool. kicking it up a notch. And you know who uh, was kicking it up a notch is uh, this week's guest, mm. Chase James. <laughs> you know, recently he he uh, had a little accident. I was going to say I saw the the pictures, right? Yeah, he he busted himself up pretty bad. You know, uh, someone announced it the morning after it happened on uh, on Facebook or uh, probably Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, probably Max or you know Dave or one of those guys. But uh, scared to death because he's a really good dude. You know, mm-hmm. we've met him in person plenty of times. And yeah, he's yeah. been on the podcast multiple times and uh, yes. got to talk to him. We did talk about that. But, you know, that was almost in the background because he's doing so well. We, we saved him. that for the end. But we talked about a whole bunch of other stuff. It's all those special healing wrestling vibes we sent him. Dude, he's insane. Uh, you know, he even told the story like he thought he was all right. And he started like skateboarding just there, and he like jacked his arm all up, you know. All right, so. Mother Mrs. Clams says, "Come over here, Chase, so I can whop you on the head." Oh my gosh! You don't you know. do that. <laughs> oh, take the hint, kid. Take the hint. You know, I also saw on his um, his um, social media, you know, boat drag racing that he went out uh, just by the state line between Idaho and Spokane, I guess, Ooh. somewhere in there. And he said that was amazing. There was no even some land. wrestling there that he said was just, you know, slightly okay or probably under uh, under okay. Mm. But uh, anyway, but it uh, sounded like a lot of fun. We s- talked whack lock. That's exactly what I sounded like on the podcast. I started to say whack watch alongs. And I said whack. That does not trip easily off the tongue. Yeah. So they said. Uh, Whacking it with Max or, you know, something like that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> anyway. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and I talked, hope that's not it. No, no. And we talked all kinds of wrestling that he's been watching because he's, you know, I thought he'd be kind of laid up and he's been watching some wrestling. But this guy, he says he's like busier than ever. He's mm-hmm. doing all kinds of stuff. Good for him. You know, but you know, I think he needs to stay, stay safe. off the skateboard and all that kind of stuff. And then yeah. uh, only this- Darby Allen can be insane like that. <laughs> Hey, did we watch? Uh, did we talk that GCW show we watched uh, the other day? No, I don't think so. You know, it was a really good card. I didn't know some of the people on there, but no. I thought the card was a lot better than I thought it was really going to be. I knew all of one person on that <laughs> entire right. show. But it was really <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Alex Zane was in a crazy, like, scramble match, and he was really good. And, uh, you know, Joy Janela and... Uh, Oh God, his name A C H or Oh yeah. Uh you know, that was a pretty good match. Yeah. But by then it seemed a little long. But uh you, you know, other than the matches were good and entertaining. But uh what did you think about the setup there? They had an amphitheater, people yeah. were wearing masks in little groups who were yeah. together, kinda people were kind of uh what do you call it, social distanced. Well, 
if you say it quickly. For the most part. The yeah. one problem when the match was, and Joy Janela and that guy, ACH, remember when they went over by the river? Yes. And like, but the crowd had to follow because yes. the crowd couldn't see what they were doing because they came out of the ring. Yeah. So that was the one uh, mm-hmm. maybe kind of issue with it that they should have. Uh, I don't know. I just have very mixed feelings about even outdoor shows, even with social distancing. I don't know. I, I just don't think it's, I don't think the timing is right. Even with all the precautions in the world, somebody could get hurt. Like for real. And I don't know. I just, it's probably the unpopular opinion, but I'm. Well, I wish they had either not done it with a crowd or had the crowd way back. I, I don't know. There might have been a way to make it work, but it was hard to enjoy the whole show with that nagging in the back of my head. A little bit, because you don't know who's been tested, who's you not. You don't. You don't know. You know, as far as the fans. They and didn't wear masks to the ring. The wrestlers themselves. You don't yeah. know who's been tested or, you know. Yeah. I mean, I appreciated they wiped down the ropes. I, I mean, I They saw, worked hard. I saw the, the efforts they made, and that's all great but i just still think it maybe was not the best idea well sorry killjoy but you know it's no killjoy it's the times we live in man you it's know what you think mrs clams wouldn't let, wouldn't everybody like to be at a whack show or a defy show or whatever show right now but th- we can't so nope. that's just the way it is it's the way it is baby yeah <laughs> unless we want to be living in this hellscape for the next year and a half because right. <laughs> it keeps coming back we got to mask up. We got to yes. shut it down a little bit. Shut it down so we can have life again. Come on. <laughs> so we can have wrestling matches live. That's right. That's right. Because like, even in the next year, are we going to get it early in the year? I don't know. Yeah. Is so the cold going to kill? Let's all be responsible heat? is what well, I'm saying. We don't know what's going to happen. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Anyway. I know. <laughs> Just suck all the joy out of the room. That's You me. didn't suck the joy out of the room. It's the way it is. <laughs> you know. And let's finish this up so we can get back to watching Weeds. Because <laughs> that were what's we were what we were watching before we. Because we only watch old shows right now. <laughs> well, you've never seen it. No, we talked There's about a lot this. I think shows I haven't seen. So exactly, exactly. But anyway, man, check out Chase James and this yes. week's Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast. He's been on plenty of times, yep. but this is probably our best chat we ever had. That's awesome. Of all the chats we ever had. Yeah. But anyway, keep uh, on healing, Chase. Keep on healing, baby. This one's for you. Mm-hmm. Dedicated to Chase James with an interview with Chase James. <laughs> All right. But anyway, listen to the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast at Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Everywhere. Over there on the Pro Wrestling Only uh, channel on um, uh, SoundCloud. Yeah. Thank you very much. We get a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of listens over there. Very cool. You can very follow cool. us, like I said, over at Bigfoot Pro Wrestling dot com my twitter at bfpw podcast uh mrs clams where you hanging and banging these days oh yeah i don't know i can't remember off the top of my head Just look her up it's ka something <laughs> something she i'm writes, around she writes books you'll and find things me. and stuff and creativity i and, like to be secret like that you know yeah. and she has you know that uh special website no i'm just yeah, yeah 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 anyway yeah. uh love you mrs clams any final thoughts before we hit the old uh train station this week no except mask up be safe listen to your mama mrs clams <laughs> hashtag and enjoy the podcast hashtag listen to mama mrs clams <laughs> thank you very much and i am the l train she is the mrs clams yes the and we are both going to leave the station leave the station hey we're gonna get 
to Chase James. But first, let's talk the best nachos on the planet. And uh, that's my friends, Chris and Sandra, over at Nacho Mama's Food Truck. Gourmet nachos served up hot and fresh, along with the best brews in the greater Seattle area. This week's specials, actually right now, we're not sure. They're not sure. Because uh, they put their order in for, uh, it's usually Chili Fest each and every year. They've done this for years now as they've been running this truck. But uh, they put their order in. The order's been delayed. So check the website and social media uh, this week and see what's up with uh, Nacho Mama's Chili Fest. You know, if we don't get the Chili Fest, there's so much more. So, so much more. If you go over to Nacho Mama's Seattle. Dot com. Check out their menu. You can see the nachos that they have each and every week. Buffalo chicken nachos. Aloha pork belly nachos. Cheeseburger nachos, which is one of my favorites. I get that almost every time I'm there. And Mrs. Uh, Clam, she gets the specials. We kind of share and just have a good time. There's also the street corn nachos. Also equally as uh, kick-ass. And then the plain nachos, man, where you just, you know. And you can add whatever you want. It's optional. Just get what you want. There's so many nachos. Check out the regular nachos here on the menu. And then they're going to have some kind of special when they do show up this week. And, uh, you know, let's check out the uh, locations here, uh, if you will, baby. And uh, as this podcast drops, Wednesday, August the 5th, they're going to be at Ash- in the Ashbrook neighborhood in Linwood. From 5 to 7 p.m., 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., 201st Street Southwest and 5th Avenue West. Look forward in there. If that's in your, near your neighborhood, anywhere close, jump over there, check it out. And then Friday, oh, man, August the 7th, no boat brewing in Snoqualmie, 4 to 8 o'clock, you know, in the evening. And uh, that's one of my favorite places. They got some really, really great beers there. It's a nice little setting plenty of outdoor seating, you know, and you can social distance, uh, have your mask on, get everything, take it over to your seat, pull the mask down and then, uh, just get your eat on and uh, get your drink on and, uh, you know, good time there. But, uh, I'm sure some of these other places I'm going to mention in a minute are equally as good. And I've never been to some of these places. Saturday, August the 8th, Carn Brewing in Kenmore, four to 8 PM. And then Sunday, August the 9th, Ridgecrest Public House in Shoreline, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Dude, check them out, uh, you know, all these places. Check out their menu. Hopefully, they'll have the uh, the chili, uh, the menu uh, up and ready for edible eating. And uh, I hope it works out. But, uh, you dude, they're going to serve up something hot and fresh and amazing, whether they have those chilies or not. So, just... Go check out my friends, Chris and Sandra, Nacho Mama's food truck, gourmet nachos, served up hot and fresh. And uh, first of all, their website, nachomamasseattle.com. Twitter, at nachomamassca. Facebook and Instagram, nachomamassettle, which is at nachomamasseattle. And then, uh, you know, they got another Instagram thing going on, at drinking team. They got these pins you can buy if you go see them at the truck. Uh, I don't know how much they are. You got to check with them about that. But you can buy one of these, become a part of Nacho Mama's drinking team. 
uh, it's all about uh, what they're uh, drinking on and uh, their random shenanigans. But anyway, at Nacho Mama's uh, drinking team uh, on Instagram and hashtag nachos and beer. Hey, yo, this is the L-Train. We're back for another great week. We're on that hiatus for a couple months. We had a great show last week with the folks from 5CC this week. Uh, we're going to talk to the one and only. Uh, I'm glad he's still here with us. He's been through a lot lately, but he's still here uh, to come and chat on the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast. And this is my good friend, uh, Chase James. Chase, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing great, man. Excited to be back on your show. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm just kind of chilling out here. It's uh, not quite as hot here in the uh, Seattle-Auburn area as it's been the last couple of weeks, so it's a little little nicer in the studio. I don't have the air conditioner set up in the, the studio like I do in the house, so, you know, it gets a little gets a little warm in here, but, uh, you know, I'm doing good. I worked all day, came home, cooked a little meal, and, uh, you know, now I've cracked a little uh, red, and I'm uh, talking to the one and only Chase James. What's better than that? Nice. That's a good way to spend the evening. <laughs> I was actually so excited about coming on here tonight that I found out I broke my wrist earlier and everyone was telling me I had to go to the doctor and I was like, I can't. I have a podcast with Lyle at 630. So See. I uh, had to finish this up with you and then I'm going to probably end up going into urgent care. <laughs> See, that's dedication to the, the, the product that you're, you're, you know, what you do. I got to do this podcast. I got to, you know, keep getting myself over. And then after that's that, right. I'll go fix the wrist. You know what I'm saying? At, well, I mean, at this point, if something's broke, it's broke. So it's not going to make any difference going to the doctor now or going in later. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, I thank you. I thank you for coming on again. Uh, it was great. It's great to chat to chat with you. Excuse me. Um, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later. There's been an accident, you know, that you've been in recently, and uh, I don't remember who first uh, mentioned it on Twitter or Facebook or social media that day, but I was like freaking horrified. So I am so glad that uh, you're still here and uh, chatting with us, chatting about wrestling, and uh, we'll get into a whole bunch of stuff, man. Absolutely, I'm excited. <laughs> so first of all, I'm going to ask you. We're going we're to do a little. We're going to talk a little icebreaker for a minute. You know, I was checking out your uh, Facebook page. I think it was. You know, kind of just doing a little research for the podcast. You know, we've talked a few times. I got I got to look for a few things. Yeah. And then I saw that you were checking out something called boat drag racing you had a little picture there must have been from your seat i'm guessing while you're yeah. watching with your tele phone and uh, you know tell us about this boat drag racing and uh you know what the hell is going on yeah so i uh that was actually like my first event i think since the accident of leaving the house to go do anything and uh it was twofold for me because for one it's only like a mile from my house so like i don't really have an excuse not to go um but they had pro wrestling before this demo derby and then this boat pole racing which was the most amazing thing ever like these guys have demolition derby cars and they're towing fiberglass boats and the objective is to like take the boat off the guy in front of you so that was super exciting the whole night was wild there was a 13 year old kid in a jeep who rolled like three times and i was just like holy sh you know why wasn't I given a Jeep at 13 years old to go out and do this stuff? That looks like a blast. It might have been a good thing that you didn't chase. Okay, you know, we'll talk about that <laughs> a little later, brother. <laughs> yeah. So you said there was a, you know, there, what the, it, it's pulling fiberglass, so it's like a, a car and a boat together? Yeah, so it's just a regular, you know, demo derby car or Fever 4 or whatever they're called. Um, and they do those races all the time. Like, I hear them all the time, and I don't really go because, you know, the 
the racing's not as exciting for me as watching the crashes and the derbies and <laughs> the smash em ups and so they had like a bump to pass that night they had a roller derby thing that night and they had a they had this boat pull thing so they basically just take these old boats they take the engines out of them and then they're just pulling the body of these you know 80s and 90s boats behind these cars <laughs> and everyone was just smashing and bashing and it was a blast and they had pro wrestling there, so like I had to catch that because I haven't saw a live pro wrestling event <laughs> forever thanks to COVID. Uh, so fucking, I had to go and check that out. Fucking COVID. Yeah, fucking anyway, COVID. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> d- the wrestling in a minute, but w- did these things like go in like a figure eight or anything when they were doing the drag racing? I'll be or honest, was just straight there ahead, was or? not any rules. Like I, I, I think that they were asked to go in a circle, but no one listened. Like people <laughs> were cutting across the track. One dude, like, brake checked the guy, and it was my first time ever seeing a true, like, brake check. He locked him up on front of a guy and got rear-ended, and it was just crazy. Like, everyone <laughs> was out there not giving a single fuck and going for it. <laughs> oh, man, when I was a kid, um, my mom's uh, husband, he wasn't my dad, but he was a good good guy. But um, he did this racing out at uh, in Monroe. Washington, yeah. if you know where that is, the fairgrounds, you know, and they yeah. had the, either the one you went, it was kind of like a, you had the sports cars that kind of went around the outside and it was just how many laps, you know, and you could beat the other person. But he did yeah. the one where it was like a figure eight where, you know, oh, if you didn't time it right, you smash in the middle. So I remember oh, yeah. going to that stuff and it was really a lot of fun. Cause you know, I could go get cheeseburgers, you know, everything from the concessions. And then you sit there and watch these cars and stuff. And so it, it was a really good time. I think one time he actually won out of all that, you know, but uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I always remember that. You be, you ever been up there the Monroe? Racing, uh, not that I recall, but it sounds very similar to what they normally do out here. Like mm-hmm. this track's only a mile from my house. So I've been there a lot of times. Um, and they normally have regular racing and stuff like that, but it's kind of changed a lot to where it's not as fun for me to go because someone else bought it and made it a very corporate type thing. So, you know, it used to be you could go in and it was like five or ten bucks and you can get, you know, some cheap concessions and enjoy some entertainment. And now it's like fifteen or twenty dollars to get in. And, you know, if you want a beverage, it's ten to fifteen dollars or food, right. it's ten to twenty dollars. So it's like it used to be cheap, fun entertainment. Now it's like they want an arm and a leg like. And it's funny, too, is because, like, the crowd doesn't realize there how much they're kind of getting ripped off. (laughs) And one thing that blew my mind is the guy that owns the track comes out at intermission, and he's like, "And you know, we got a special tonight. We got these $800 watches uh, for the Army, the the Navy, you know, Marine Corps, whatever branch you are. They're normally $800. We have them on sale tonight for $23.66. So head up there and buy it. And I'm like, yo, if anyone actually believes they're getting an $800 watch for $23, like, they got some serious issues there. God damn, <laughs> so, they're, they're kayfabing that son of a bitch. Yeah, and that, that <laughs> plays into the wrestling. So the exactly. wrestling I Tell found out. Tell us about that. Yeah, they, they brought this wrestling group in, and, like, I, I knew a few of the guys are super nice, but, like, overall you could tell that they really didn't invest into the wrestling. Like, the owner of the track just wanted them to come and – you know, kill two hours of his time so that he didn't have to pay for entertainment, even though he's charging tons for tickets. And so, like, their budget that the track gave them was, like, a guy's PO from any other normal show. So I was like, how did they expect these guys to come out here? So, like, they didn't necessarily care about the quality of the wrestling. They just wanted whoever was going to come and, 
you know, wrestle for free for him. So <laughs> it it was interesting, and it it was funny because like the crowd was torn. Like it was a very you know very drunken, probably like I don't know the best way to describe this. So I'm just gonna move past this one. But it was an interesting <laughs> crowd, and uh, half of them were torn. Half of them wanted to like laugh and make fun of the wrestling. And then half of them wanted to enjoy it, but they were too shy to enjoy it because they still wanted to look tough for their buddies. <laughs> and it was super funny, like, sitting in the crowd and just hearing the hearing the different reactions. But what was cool is there was a lot of little kids that loved it. And that's, like, for me, that's all that really matters. But it was, uh, it was definitely a fun experience. And I'm stoked to go again, hopefully, in the future. <laughs> so that's over in uh, Idaho, about an hour from uh, Spokane, where you are? Oh, no. It's, like literally on the state line the track is uh, called state line speedway so it's probably 20 minutes from spokane like downtown <laughs> and only eight or ten minutes from spokane valley oh, and like where i live i live on the idaho washington border and so it's like it's like four minutes for me it's walking distance if i really was feeling up to it oh damn that's nice is that your first ever wrestling experience in idaho has there ever been any other cards there you've seen stuff you've been a part of oh yeah i unfortunately have also wrestled in idaho <laughs> uh so back before i really broke out of the spokane area um i wrestled at a biker bar uh in idaho actually state line surprisingly probably about literally 60 seconds away from the track where they had their wrestling event at and that was an interesting thing that was uh we wrestled in this like biker bar that's a really cool bar but it was also another one of those things where the crowd wasn't really wrestling fans they were drunk biker fans so like the guy that i wrestled we did a hardcore match because we're like these guys aren't going to care about you know flips or high spots or telling a story (laughs) they just want to see us bleed like (laughs) so we did that and it was one of those things you know uh biker bars are funny like i grew up in biker clubs and like i actually was riding a street bike at 15 before i even had a license i was riding a motorcycle around and uh i've always hated biker bars and biker events because there's so many guys that just want to prove they're a tough guy and it's so annoying like that is the one thing that just drives me nuts is when people feel like they need to be overly manly or overly compensate for something oh yeah you don't want to deal with those kind of guys, you know. They just want to mess with you just because. Yeah, like, and I've been that way my whole life. Like, in elementary school, I used to get in trouble for beating up bullies, and I never actually got in trouble. The principal would always pull me in. They're like, hey, you know, so, like, punching people in the face isn't cool, but I know that Marlon was picking on so-and-so and pushed him over a bench, <laughs> and you decided that you needed to go punch him in the face. <laughs> so, like, that and, was always it for me. <laughs> and this was out in the Spokane area when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. All right. See, yeah. you could do that then. The principals could get away with that stuff back then. You know, oh, you still can in Spokane, man. That's what I'm saying. It's a wild, wild west I mean, out you could here. probably get that, get away with that back when I was your age that you're talking about getting, you know, you know, talked to by the principal because it was a little different time back then when I was like your age because that was like, you know, or not your age, but when you were talking about being in school, fighting and taking on the bullies and stuff. I was a lot younger. You could get it with a lot more, get away with a lot more then, but. Not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you still can here. I mean, Spokane's kind of got its own just weird laws. Like, you know, we pretty much govern ourselves. And Because I, I used to live over in Auburn, and that was the one thing that I noticed is that, like, when I was in Auburn, stuff was always calm, cool, and, like, you know, there was a few little issues here and there, but nothing crazy. But then, like, 
every time I came back to Spokane, I was like, someone was trying to road rage with me, or there was a fight at a bar, or like, that happens all the time out here. You lived in Auburn for a while? I did. I lived in Auburn for probably like three years. God damn, we may have talked about this the other 16 times we've done a podcast together. Remember, we were Maybe. debating that. I think it's four or whatever it might be now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, that's where I'm at now. I'm just above Auburn and uh, Lee Hill next to the, the college, Green River. And so, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's funny that you, uh, I don't know if I mentioned I was in Auburn before, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we did. Um, I used to, where I lived at was down by, I think it's like 22nd. There's like a Chevy dealership and a 7-Eleven. And oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there used to be a grocery store there that I think closed down. Um, was yeah, it was a, pretty ghetto. There was like a, I know that there's a casino down there, a U.S. bank. and I know exactly what you're talking about. So. Yeah, so I was right down <laughs> in that area. So I used to drive through that. there when I have to go to the uh, the city to work, but uh, not anymore. I just uh, drive from here a couple back streets, 10 minutes, I'm at work. That's the that's the life. I When I... Uh, <clears throat> moved my shop I, I made sure that it was within driving distance so now i can wake up at seven fifty and still make it to work by eight so <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing i get up about six do a few things feed the cat in the garage and then uh jump in the vehicle head to work sit there for about 20 minutes 25 minutes listening to uh, bj and migs and nice. then uh head in for the day <laughs> yeah my morning routine is wake up uh, check Tinder, then I have to check Bumble, and then whatever other dating sites I have, and then it's Snapchat and go to work. <laughs> How's that Tinder working out for you? Ah, man, I have not had much luck on there. <laughs> uh, well, is it, you know, recently we know you're a little busted up, which we'll get into. Surprisingly, <laughs> that actually was in my favor. I had a lot of people that were, you know, wanting to test how strong my pelvis was coming along, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's scary to me. <laughs> like, let's take it slow. You, so you might have to watch on that, man. It, like, take a little advice from the old guy. Be, just be careful with it for a little while. Get it ready. That, get everything that's the plan. healed up. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. I mean, I tested it yesterday, and it held up pretty good. So well, I think go. I'm pretty cleared at this point. Besides, you know, the fact that I probably just broke my wrist. But <laughs> God damn, broken the so. wrist. God. Anyway, man. Uh, you know. Pandemic life started before uh, your recent accident. Man, how did that uh, personally affect you working-wise, if it did? And, of course, uh, the wrestling piece of it. Uh, So it definitely, work-wise, I had like a couple weeks where stuff slowed down and it got a little weird, but then we went right back to normal. And then wrestling-wise, it definitely was something that I was super bummed about. But at the same time, like, I got injured pretty darn shortly after everything started closing down. Mm. So, like, I definitely picked a good time to be injured. I didn't really miss out on anything <laughs> because of the injury because nothing was going on. Um, and, it, it, you know, I think that it's kind of done some good for wrestling because I know that myself and probably a lot of other guys, like, we were pushing through a lot of injuries to keep going and keep making shows and making dates. Mm. And, like, my knee has been messed up since, like, October. And it's finally, like, healed now. So I, I think if we didn't have the whole pandemic go on, I think there's a lot of guys, that, like myself, that would have <laughs> just kept pushing through with injuries. Like, I think we should all agree to close down wrestling for, like, a good month out of the year <laughs> so well, we can it, at least get a little rest and recovery. You know, I don't know about you independent guys, but that could be a good thing for um, 
you know, the, the major folks, the WWEs, the AEWs, like, you know, well, AEWs not even, they don't even do really house shows and stuff right now. I mean, yeah. nobody's they doing it really right now. Schedule. But if yeah. they did do the, the schedule and there was no pandemic, it, it, you know, should there be an off season? Like, okay, this guy's been going for eight months strong. We got to put his storyline on hold for two months, heal him up. That way he'll be better in the long run. Like, do, do you think pro wrestling yeah. should go that way? It, it's so tough because, like, the fan side of me is going, no. But the guy that, you know, is out there getting beat up on, like, I think the long-term wise, we definitely should. I mean, there's – it's hard to describe how many injuries and how many sores you have from wrestling that as a wrestler you won't even notice because you're just so motivated to keep going. Like, I remember – the first time I got a massage, like, and this was, you know, two years into wrestling, and I had a gift certificate from someone, and I was like, oh, I'll go get a massage. Next thing I knew, like, I could move my arm so much more that I didn't even know I wasn't able to move it <laughs> because of how beat up I really was. And uh, I think it would be good. I mean, we got enough talent out there now, and so many companies have so many guys signed anyways that, like, you could probably cycle these guys in and out, and no one would even notice if we took a little bit of a downtime. Well, yeah, you think about it, especially some guys, you know, on the AEW roster, a little bit older, like, you know, Jericho and stuff, you know, he can't do the all day, all in and out, you know, every every day. But, you know, I think, you know, they used to kind of do that a little bit in the territories, though, right? Like a yeah. guy would come in and then he would disappear for a while, maybe go to another place or come back in after about a three months and everyone would be just like super hyped because this guy's back. Yeah. And that's something that they... You know, the WWE lets their top guys do. Like, if you're in the upper echelon there, like, you see those guys leave for two or three months and they make the big surprise comeback. But, like, a lot of the lower guys on the roster are kind of screwed. Like, I, I was talking to TJP about it once, and he was telling me that, like, he had to do every house show and had to do every show in order to make money to continue to do what he wanted to do. He was like, if he just would have did the TV tapings, he wouldn't have made enough money because hmm. they pay you per match. Oh, wow. So, no, that's but, great. But, you know, if you have a big guarantee contract, it's a little different. But most of those little guys, like, they don't have any other choice than to keep going and keep busting themselves up. And that's, you know, in a, a guy that's never wrestled the match in his life, myself, that's got to be rough on a guy, you know, because if you're wrestling, okay, there's 365 days a year. And yeah. you're wrestling 300 plus, and you're only getting a few days at home here and there with your family. You're not really resting. You're not really able to, you know, heal up, man. That's that's got to be so hard, and it's got to cut the career short, I would think. Yeah, most definitely. Like, and that's one thing I've realized after the whole COVID break is that like I didn't go in a ring for probably two two to three months, and I have my own ring. And then I finally was like, all right, I'm gonna start. You know, before the accident, I was like, I'm gonna bust some of this ring rust off and get in there and i uh i hit the mat for the first time in two or three months and i was like holy shit this hurts like <laughs> you know when you're doing it all the time you don't feel it as much because you get used to it you you know it's something that just happens but after taking a little break off and hitting the mat i was like man this really hurt and like i do this 10 to 20 times during a match you you almost went back to human it was so long right yeah it was crazy <laughs> Dude, speaking of your ring real quick, I didn't write even this down. Like, since the COVID, have people been contacting you? I mean, you know, it might be different because of the accident and stuff. But uh, yeah. is anyone going, hey, man, can uh, we come over and uh, jump in your ring? We got we got to roll around. So we've tried. They, so, like, when the, everything first happened, like, 
uh, Prestige was going to fly out a lot of names, and they wanted a lot of guys from Seattle and Portland to come over, and we were actually going to film a show from my garage. <laughs> Uh, but that ended up getting canceled because a lot of the local guys didn't want to drive to Spokane. And then we kind of had a similar thing happen with without a cause. But then all of a sudden the travel bans started being talked about and everyone got paranoid. So we didn't do anything with that. Um, there is a few guys that I've reached out and I've tried to get people to come because I really want to start doing stuff again. But Spokane is just so far that I don't get much out of that. There's a few local guys here that I've rolled around with. But it's still... It's still kind of hit and miss. Like the two guys that I have to wrestle with here are one of them seven feet tall, three hundred pounds, and the other one is six seven, and probably three hundred to three fifty. So like, there's only so much I can do with guys that size. <laughs> right, right. That's got to be rough, man. So yeah, it is. Spokane's not even that far out there, man. I'm gonna call them out. Like, what is wrong with you guys, man? Like, it's only about three four hours out there, man. You ain't got nothing else to do. It's a pandemic. I'm just messing around. I don't even right? know what's going on. People have jobs and kids and everything else. But yeah, man, I, I would love to see those, you know, that kind of happen yeah. and we can put it up, you know, on the internet somehow or streaming on uh, IWTV or something like that. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, no, I'd love to. And that was the thing is like, I, I made a group chat with literally almost every wrestler in the Northwest. And I was like, Hey, I have, you know, three bedrooms. I have six couches. Like, we can make a weekend event out of this so that it's worth everyone's while. Like, come in on a Friday, stay the night, we'll do stuff Saturday, film it, and then Sunday if we want to, or if you just want to head home. Like, we got options, but I couldn't get anyone to commit to it, so. Well, God dang. If anything like that happens again, Chase, and you need someone just to come out and help out with audio or anything else, let there me you know. Go. Let me know. I think it would be fun. Like, and that was something that I was stoked about, too, is, like, just having a wrestling weekend where we can do more of the uh, more of the shenanigans type stuff not just pr not just filming pro wrestling matches but like we could have some fun storylines and just goof off and make some fun content so <laughs> no, it'd be a blast man because uh there's been some other folks just making content and stuff and you know the more content the better right now you there's only limited wrestling that we can watch i'm gonna ask you about that in a little bit here but you know the the content like uh you know, people just putting up promos or, you know, I know the Bash Brothers been doing quite a few things to keep, you know, themselves kind of out there, you know, along with their YouTube and their, their, their podcast and things like that. So I think it's a great thing. And the more of that, the merrier. Yeah. Yeah. I've been slacking myself on creating content because I'm super picky. I'm, I'm one of those people that like, I want my quality over quantity. And then you have a lot of people that are like, let's just shotgun everything online. <laughs> and that's not my style because, like, I, I get way too invested. Like, when I go to shoot a promo, I can normally do it in one take. But as I'm doing it, I get better and better ideas. And so, like, it'll turn into an hour or two hours to just do one promo because I want to change or do so many different things. <laughs> well, since you mentioned promo, I'm going to jump mm -hmm. a little head here on my notes and we'll go to the uh, – I, you told me you've been watching it yourself, or you watched it yourself. Kind of been paying attention. Five CC uh, Scornacopia Promo Wars, man. Uh, Saturday, seven PM. They released it on YouTube. Uh, I got my votes in, and uh, I thought it was a really, really great idea. Um, a lot of fun, you know. Involved a lot of different wrestlers. Um, I'll say Chase James wasn't one of them. I don't know why. I'm going to ask you about that too. But uh, <laughs> you know, what were your thoughts on this? And uh, as a wrestling fan and wrestler um how cool was this so 
I'm going to hurt some feelings with this one. I Uh-oh. loved the idea of it. I loved the actual event itself, but I was super disappointed because I felt like a lot of guys didn't take it seriously and just waited until the last minute to put something together. Because, mm-hmm. like, everyone knew about this a month in advance, so everyone had a lot of time to make a good promo. And then, like, some of these guys were literally just running around holding a cell phone in front of them trying to shoot something for 60 seconds, and I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? There's $500 on the line. Like, that's right. Make it look like you're trying a little bit. <laughs> so, and that's what, like, that goes back to me earlier. Like, I like to make sure that I'm putting out something that's quality or has some, you know, content to it. And there was a lot of people that took it serious and I enjoyed it. And there was a lot of people that just kind of went, meh, we're just going to do this and hopefully win off the popular vote. Oh, man. Uh, it, like you said, some of them were really good, some of them maybe weren't. But the I really loved uh I gotta say it because he's just such a professional Drexel's promo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed that one too. He had my vote. Yeah. And I also enjoyed uh Randy Myers just off the top of my head. I didn't take any notes, just kinda wrote this down. Yeah, I'm actually gonna pull it up and I'll tell you who I voted for. Randy <laughs> Myers was a fun one. Um he went up against Eddie Pearl and actually I loved yeah. Eddie's promo. Eddie, did Eddie had great. a lot of production and I voted for Eddie in that one. Oh, I was uh, I was bummed to see that he lost, but Randy's was also great, and Randy's one of the nicest guys in the world. So you right. know, nothing disappointing about that one. <laughs> oh. And actually, speaking of you know, someone who popped me into that whole thing, the Academy did a stellar job on yeah. the promo too. Oh, I love the way like, they do that. He kind of taped part of his car, then went out and you know, found the other fella, you know, in the swing, and <laughs> yeah, and they told a story with it, and it was so much fun. I was. I was bummed because, like, they went up against the Caution, and the Caution is a super popular team. Like, I, I think they're probably going to win this whole thing just because they have the fans backing them. Like, they have they have the whole Hood Slam team on their side. They have everyone on their side. So right. that's the only kind of, like, flawed thing about these fan voting systems is that it's cool that it's in the hands of the fans, but, like, whose fans are getting to vote? Like, it's not the 5CC fans. It's going to be whoever, wherever. So... You know, I feel like the Academy kind of got robbed a little bit because <laughs> I don't think that everyone that voted on that actually watched the promos and compared them. I think it was, you know, hey, we know these guys, we're going to vote for them. <laughs> Not to the... take away from them. Their promo was great. No, no. Don't get me wrong, but. Well, the, the two, two of us were, for me, were Drexel and uh, I think it was at uh, Zebediah Saint. That Those yeah. were really good promos. They They stepped it up. And then the other one was. Funny Bone, I'm like, watched his. I was like, oh, he's going to kill, you know, yeah. Alan Jepson. And then Alan Jepson just kind of sat there like he was doing a press conference for baseball and kind of put it over and stuff. I, I thought that was really good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that one. I don't know how Al won that one because Funny Bone blew me away with that one and I had Funny Bone picked. But <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it, it was crazy is that like that round of uh, Jesus Christ Jr., Zebediah <laughs> Saint, and drexel like that should have been the main like that could have been those two at the end because they they were both amazing with theirs and then like you know you go and watch someone like chris ross and beef boy and they were kind of like yeah they didn't do much so and i think beef boy won that i was you know not to hurt beef boy's feelings but i was really pulling for chris ross in that you know i had chris on that one too it sounds (laughs) like we had pretty similar scorecards here yeah and i I, it was funny as i was when chris told me he was against beef boy i was like yo R.I.P. You're not beating Beef Boy. He's going to beat you. And then, like, I feel like that was another one of those things where Beef Boy just maybe was on a time crunch or something. Yeah. Because he's made some of my favorite promos ever. 
but that one that he brought into the competition, I wasn't super impressed with. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we'll see how round two goes, because I know the beef is a funny guy and is super creative. Yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, no matter, no matter what you thought of the first round, who should have went on, who shouldn't have, you know, it's yeah. for fans. It's fun. Everyone's having a lot of fun. You know, it's it's something to tune into when there's only limited wrestling that we can really, you know, tune into. And, uh, you know, the, the the last question about this is, what the hell's up with Steve Miggs? <laughs> right. He dropped well, out. So, so that that's kind of the thing is that, like, I feel bad for 5CC because it is super cool that they came up with this idea. It's super cool that they put it out there. But the problem with wrestling is that when you do something that is – you know, no longer predetermined, and we have just left it up to being whatever happens in the realm of whatever happens, there's a lot of people that felt like there was stuff that was rigged, there was a lot of people that felt like they were wronged, and, like, there was instantly just tons of drama that unfolded, oh, no. um, mostly because it is wrestling, and that's, you know, yes. kind of how the wrestling world is behind there, the curtains, is there's a lot of drama in politics. There has to be a little, you know, drama in wrestling. Yeah, and I, I think that for Migs, it's one of those things that, like, he, with everything going on, he doesn't need to get in the drama of did you really win or did you cheat to win and is this real or not? Like, I think that he was just like, hey, I'm just going to step away. <laughs> plus, you know, plus I think that Miggs is one of those people that was like, out of everyone that's in this tournament, you know, times have been tough for everyone, so winning $500 could mean a lot to some of the guys in this tournament. Mm. And I don't think that Miggs is necessarily concerned with the prize at the end. So. You know, stepping that, away makes sense. That's a good point. I, I didn't even think about that kind of piece of it. I, I thought his promo was great with his with his daughter and everything, you know. So, Biggs is the promo king. Like, he does great every time. He is. And, and I did see some of the, you know, there was a little backlash about stuff. And I was sad to see that because it was just supposed to be kind of fun and everything. And uh, But I think it's going to continue. It, it's going to work itself out. We're going to get it to the next round. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait till this next weekend so I can watch him and uh, vote again. Same here. I was super excited to watch it. But, you know, it'll be a fun one. I'm excited to see where it goes. <laughs> Speaking of watching things, man, uh, without a cause, you know, we went into this um, pandemic. <clears throat> all of a sudden, you know, last few shows dropped on IWTV for all the wrestling, you know, promotions around the United States and the world. Wasn't a lot to watch other than your weekly WWE and AEW, which we've kind of discussed already. But uh, how about these whack, without a cause, walk up, excuse me, not walk alongs, whack alongs, <laughs> let's call it that. We can whack along with Max. But anyway, Great man, the, the watch alongs, without a cause, man, I, I, they've been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I don't know if Max himself came up with this himself or his friends, but it's really been a lot of fun. And then hearing you jump in there and Chris. Uh, Dave one week, uh, Jaden's been in there and a couple other people, uh, really been a lot of fun. What are your thoughts on these watch alongs for the, for, for the wrestlers, the talent to be in on it. And then also the fans to be jumping in there and, you know, talking and having fun along with it's very interactive. And also there's been donations, you know, to various things that, uh, Max has put over. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy them. I enjoy just talking in general. Like I should if I had more time and more energy and resources, I would do like a Twitch channel myself. Um, but it's cool because like Max was able to raise some money for some good causes. We were able to connect with the fans. Most people didn't even turn in for the wrestling. I think they turned in just to hear us banter with each other. <laughs> do Now Max is actually playing video games and we're just kind of making fun of him or making fun of the game. So it's a lot of fun. That's every like Saturday around like two o'clock or whenever. 
but uh it's a lot of fun i enjoy it i enjoy connecting with fans like there's so many people that have interesting stories out there that like i've met through wrestling that i love to just keep in contact with them and find out who's doing what and you know even though we don't have wrestling to bring us together it's cool that we have other resources that are now bringing us together oh it's been a blast you know listening to you guys like you said banter back and forth the rest of us can kind of type in you know say what we want you know yeah you know kind of punk you guys or you know agree with you guys or just have fun and say things about the shows that we're watching or stuff that you guys are saying and it it has really been a great thing i wish there was more shows that we could sit and watch along too but you know max's yeah went through them all but it's it's really been a um a fun what what's your favorite thing about this whole thing um i would say my favorite thing is just still connecting with everyone like i'm a social person so when i hop in there and i see everyone that i know's name popping up in the group chat that's what i enjoy more and like it's fun to be in the chat with the guys that whoever i'm in the chat with because we can kind of bs and laugh around but like for me just getting the chance to hang out with the fans and connect with people again is what it's all about oh man totally 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 been a blast what is your in your um what's your favorite uh whack match that you were in oh man i don't even remember half the ones i've been in is that because of the concussions or drexel you know (laughs) no i just i've never been one that really puts emphasis on this or that match like for me it's all about just growing each time and getting better each time and making sure that people are having fun um, I did have a lot of fun. Actually, my two matches this year, Cubby and B-Boy, both of those matches were fun. <laughs> um, Tom Lawler was a great match because he literally just kicked the fucking shit out of me. Um, that was and, when you still had the belt, man. That that was a phenomenal match, man. I, we talked after that one, man. You look a little beaten. But, I man, was beat so great for you to have a match on that kind of, um, what am I trying to say? That You know, Tom, man, MMA guy, yeah. you know, been up there at MLW, lots of big time wrestling stuff, and for you to go toe to toe with him that night, just phenomenal. Yeah, and it's it was super cool for me because like um, I don't really talk about it, and people don't really know about it, but like I'm one of the most like probably I would say either disliked or like forgotten about wrestler behind the scenes from other wrestlers, mostly because like I'm not from Seattle or I'm not from Canada, so I'm not from the areas where everyone is hanging out with each other. So, like, when that match came about and everyone was like, oh, it's Chase vs. Tom, like, there was a lot of guys that were throwing shade that didn't feel I was supposed to be there. Hmm. So the pressure was really on to, like, go out there and put on something good with him. And then, you know, I felt like we delivered and we had fun. And, like, I've learned a lot and grown tremendously just from that match alone. Like, Tom kind of taught me that, like, you can do stuff a different way. And, you know, sometimes getting rough is what you do. Hey, so he looked like he enjoyed the fight because uh, you guys weren't the 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 final main event. Were you guys like the middle main event, like before? Yeah, we were yeah. before. And he kind of he something. came out there and sat with the crowd afterwards. Like, yeah, and just hung Miggs, out. Migs and Pitfall were the main event that night in their hardcore match. Yeah, and I remember Tom Lawler was actually tweeting about it, and he followed Migs and like Tom is such a good dude. And so like I think one of the reasons why Tom and I both got a little rough in there is. We both came from a little bit of an MMA background, him obviously more than me. <laughs> uh, we, He was actually, my very first prestige show, I was there to hold a banner for him, and like he liked me, and so we kind of had a little bit of a friendship. 
and uh, <laughs> we had actually spent like two days with each other before that match, kind of with prestige and other shows and traveling. So uh, when you're friends with someone, you tend to beat them up a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great, man. You no, know, that match, you know, you laid it all on the line. So did he. And it was a great time. Like I said, Tom hung out afterwards. And that was one of the great, great nights of uh, Without a Cause. Uh, incredible. So, uh, yeah. you know, I asked you what your favorite match that you've been in at Without a Cause. Do you have a match as a fan that you've watched at, it, watched at Without a Cause that you really, really loved? Um, man. The one that's there's a couple that stand out to me. Uh, Chris Bay and Jeff Cobb probably is <laughs> what I would have to go as with my favorite. When they robbed uh, us, we thought he was the champion, but no. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, another one I enjoyed was TJP and Hammerstone. Mm. Um, yeah, honestly, those one of those two I would have to say would be my favorite. Oh, those are some great matches, you know, and anything involving Hammerstone when he comes to. Uh, to town that's great i remember him and makabe had a great match you know the match yeah. him and chris bay had when they chris bay almost hit the lights in vfw hall and broke them i he must have been like within an inch hello oh i think i think we had some audio issue there <laughs> oh, but yeah chris bay when he you know he almost hit the the ceiling when he was taking on hammerstone that was really good stuff yeah. man so uh there's been so much good stuff there man but, uh, you know, what you've been kind of just uh, thinking of Chris, excuse me, speaking of Chris Bay, that man recently took on Willie Mack for the uh, Impact X Division Championship on, uh, dude, pay-per-view on Slammiversary. I actually, that was one of the pay-per-views I got because I've been just looking for some wrestling. You know, I've been getting the... I got Impact. I've got a couple of the GCW shows. But watching Chris Bay taking on uh, Willie Mack and winning that uh, X Division Championship, man. Uh, w did you see that or uh, did you hear about it? Yeah, I it? did. I did. You watched it? I think that is the one and only Impact pay-per-view I've ever watched. And I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed that match. That was a lot of fun. I thought the entire pay-per-view was really good. But that match in general, seeing Chris Bay and Willie Mack go at it, man, that was really, really, really a lot of fun. And it was great to see Chris Bay. Without a cause as champion, that you've never had a rematch, by the way, um, <laughs> you know, took it. So it, what do you think about that, and uh, how's that look for Without a Cause? Their champion now is also the Impact X Division champion. I, it's it's a great look. I mean, I don't think that anyone 100%... Well, actually, I, Chris Ross was the one that originally was like, yo, we got to bring in Chris Bay, we got to bring in Chris Bay. And, you know, he definitely made a good pick on that one, because Chris is a great dude in and out of the ring and he's got an accomplishment list that only keeps growing every single day. So great dude. Oh man, he's he's killing it. And uh you know, what did you say on your uh Twitter? You beat him at some uh, basketball shooting one time or something? This is true. It was uh <laughs> we both flew in for without a cause and we were riding together and we went to a little arcade down there and they had a tic-tac-toe basketball arcade shootout game. And I beat Chris Ross at it 23 times. And then Chris Bay was there, and Chris was like, yo, yo, you got to beat Chase because he slaughtered me. And then I ended up beating Chris Bay at it too. And it was just my highlight of my day there. I was just like undefeated on the shootout basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So uh, 
Have you watched any other wrestling? Uh, have you watched any of these GCW outdoor shows and the Beyond uh, Wrestling show outside that they had in the last couple of weeks? I haven't. Uh, they are on my to-watch lists. I've just been so busy. Like, for me, even though I was injured, I was still going to work, and then, like, that would wear me out, and I'd come home and pretty much just sleep and then repeat the process. So it's hard for me to dedicate an hour to two hours of just watching TV or watching wrestling because I keep moving and doing so much in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really a lot of fun. I got the uh, GCW uh, um, pay-per-view on uh, Sunday, and that was really a lot of fun, man. I-, I thought they did a great job of an outdoor show. It was like in this little amphitheater-type place, this little park. And mm-hmm. so they really had everyone kind of separated, except for people that wanted to, you know, that were probably families or friends that sat together. And right. I watched the whole time. Almost everyone had their masks on, you know, the whole time, except for when, if they were sitting by themselves and taking a drink and everything. Uh, so it was really a lot of fun. And the wrestling was freaking killer, too. And uh, what are your thoughts maybe on, um, you know, here in the Pacific Northwest? Do you think we could do a couple of these outdoor shows or... You know, I mean, I know there's like, you can only have this many people and, you know, here in Canada and the, in Washington. So, and What do you think? So I've been a part of a few conversations with local shows about this. And it's one thing that I think everyone would love to do. The hard part about it is that Washington has some really strict laws on pro wrestling. So for one, you have the hurdle of getting over basically battling the state to make that happen. But for two, if you do it, how do you fund it? Because, like, mm-hmm. as a wrestling show, like, you know, none of these shows make money. Like, it's you can sell 150 tickets, but by the time you pay for everyone's flights, everyone's PO, and, you know, the renting the building and the insurance and the yada, 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 like, at best, sometimes shows are making uh, maybe 500 bucks at best. Mm. So, you know, when you take away those ticket sales and you take everything else, well, it's like, you know, how do we market this to sponsors to get them to help put this show on? Or how do we do this, you know, to make sense? Now, you could flip that and you could go, all right, you know, we can still make this happen, but we can't afford to pay the boys who are going to beat themselves up. But I think no one really wants that rep. So it's a tough spot to be in. And I think a lot of the boys like myself would be totally down to do something like that for free. Maybe we do it for like a charity show or do it for a good cause or something like that. But I think that's just... There's so many hurdles to get to there that I think we're a ways out from something like that happening. If you were injury-free right now and a company called you up and said, hey, we'd like you to come down and uh, wrestle so-and-so this weekend and they're going to pay you and, you know, all that stuff you need, would you worry about the corona and how they're going to handle things before you went down there? Uh, Yes and no. I mean, even injured, like right now, if I got a phone call and someone said, hey, we want you to wrestle Saturday, like I'll figure out a way to wrestle Saturday. Oh, shit. Um, I, I wouldn't be overly cautious about it unless it was one of these shows, like, because we've seen a few shows that shouldn't have happened. Like, we've seen a few shows on social media where it's like they have 150, 200 people packed into a building shoulder to shoulder with, you know, no safety precautions. I'm like, that's not a show I'd want to be a part of um, just for the public health alone but if there was you know something like one of these outdoor gcw type shows where they're like hey we're gonna actually actively try to do our best then i'd be all right with that like if someone's doing their best to prevent stuff and actually putting forth an effort then it's worth the risk to me 
But if it's someone who's just wanting to try to run stuff like stuff's normal, then I probably would not want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. The only problem I had was um, on the GCW show that I watched this last weekend, everything went off phenomenal, just like I was saying. But Joey Janela was taken on, um, oh, crap. What was it in the, uh, anyway, Joey Janela was in the main event, and the guy he was taken on, um, they let way far from the ring over by the, where the river was, where this pay-per-view was taking place on uh, fight TV. And, you know, of course all the people are going to come walking over there too. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what happened. And then I think they realized like, Oh shit, we better get back to the ring. And they went right back to the ring and got everyone back in their seats. But you know, that's like a, probably a learning experience. If you're going to have one of these shows, you got to keep it in the ring. You can't like be running off because the fans are going to follow you. Right. Yeah. They're, it's funny because, like, when you very first start wrestling, one of the things that you normally learn is to try to keep everything in the middle of the ring so that everyone can see it. But we've evolved to where so many guys have gotten great gifts and great clips from fighting in the crowd to where sometimes it can be taken too far, and it kind of sucks for everyone else in the crowd. Like, I was actually at a ECCW show, which hosted the worst wrestling match of all time that night. <laughs> and it was Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, versus Kevin Sullivan. Oh, God. And, like, if you haven't watched this maps, match, search it on YouTube because it is 100% the worst match in the history of wrestling. <laughs> and it's not on Brian. It's on Kevin Sullivan. Oh, man. Because um, I, I rode up there with Brian. Cause I actually wrestled him the next night at Without a Cause. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, man, the match was horrible because... It was pretty much just Brian punching Kevin for like five minutes in the corner because Kevin was blown up. But before that, Kevin Sullivan wanted to fight him all through the crowd. And this is a jam-packed show where like we didn't see him for three minutes and the crowd actually just started chanting, this is awful. Like they were chanting, this sucks. And like, <laughs> Let's do you that. know, all sorts of just horrible chants that like as a wrestler would have made me want to like curl up inside and die if i was a part of that <laughs> but because like they were fighting in the crowd no one could see it like so as cool as fighting in the crowd is like you gotta have a spot and a time for it and i don't think covid is gonna have any of those spots or times oh man you know speaking of covid crowds what do you think of these aew shows where they kind of got their talent at ringside i thought that went off really really well uh for them you know where other you know wb they don't really have anyone at ringside and maybe their shows mate aren't coming off quite as good to myself. That's just me. Yeah. I watched a few of the completely crowdless shows and that was just like horrible for me. I couldn't do it. So it's cool to see them putting talent there and doing stuff like that. Cause you know, you, you kind of need the background noise. It, it adds to the experience of watching it. Like, um, if you don't have any noise when stuff's happening, it's just kind of like, well, stuff's just happening. So, I, I love the idea that they're having people out there. I enjoy it because, you know, they'll have anyone out there on any given week. I mean, we you know, we see Billy Gunn and his son and, you know, what's her name? That's, uh, oh, God, what's her name? She's got the, the broken foot right now, and she's in the little Jeep, you know, that she's. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Britt Baker. Britt Baker, thank you. Right now? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then some weeks they'll have Jake the Snake sitting ringside and stuff, so, man. It's cool. I yeah. really enjoy it. And, and, and another whole thing about AEW, what do you think about their use of managers right now? I mean, they got Vicky Guerrero, they've got Arn Tolley. I mean, it's 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 great. I I think they're using managers the way they back in the day in WCW, NWA, and WWF did. 
Yeah, I'm a huge fan of managers and factions, and I wish more people would use both of those. Um, it's cool. It adds a whole new fun element to it. Like, for a long time there, people were just kind of like, oh, you know, being a manager is pointless. But, like, if you have a good manager, it adds to the story and it adds to the match and it makes it a lot of fun. Well, especially if you're a wrestler that can't, you know, you're not a really promo guy, right? Brock Lesnar, right? right? He's not the best guy getting on the mic. So anyone like that, to have a guy like Jake the Snake that can put over this phenomenal promo and put you over in this promo, he's not putting over himself. He's putting over the people that are going to be in that match, right? And uh, it, it, it's just amazing to see. Yeah, we uh, we actually talked about that on Saturday a little bit on the WAC Watch Along. Um, we were talking about like a lot of great technical wrestlers and great wrestlers throughout the years who were just top caliber talent from when it came to wrestling, but they didn't have the promo skills or the talking skills, and that's really what held them back. And how different stuff could have been had they been paired with the right manager. Yeah. I mean, how many guys, you know, off the top of your head, back in the day, the 80s, the 90s, the 70s, you mm -hmm. know, who maybe have not gotten over because they couldn't talk, but they had a manager with them, you know? Yeah. So they put them over. So and vice versa. Like, there's guys that have been to the top that really couldn't put on that great of a match, but they were there because they were entertaining and they talked and you wanted to see where they were going. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Dude, so, uh, you know, we've been rolling here about 49 minutes now. And, uh, dude, I want to I talk to you just a little bit, you know, what you can talk about, what you can't uh, about this accident. You know, like I said earlier in the podcast, when I heard about this on social media in the morning, I was terrified, yeah. man. I was terrified, probably not as terrified as yourself, laying in a bed somewhere thinking what's going to happen to you. But uh, I was I had it the easiest, man. Like I've talked to so many friends and family members that like told me about how that first night or second night they were up paranoid because they didn't know if I was going to pull through. And I was like, I knew I was going to be fine. Like, I don't know why you guys were stressing. <laughs> we're all stressed uh, and worrying about you, buddy. But, uh, dude, uh, take us through this, man, as much as you can. So, yeah, you're uh, doing so a little... I, I did get knocked unconscious. so I don't remember 100 percent of what happened. Um, but we are a couple months out and I've, you know, pieced together and from what I remember and from what I've heard, like, um, it was a pretty basic Wednesday. Like this, there was nothing exciting going on. It was middle of the day. I was at work, uh, getting ready to go pick up parts for a project we were working on. And I was driving down the street. Um, a guy and I did like a little bit of a pull with each other. There was no one else on the road. It was just him and I, um, and this is parts I don't remember, so I'm going off of what I've heard. Um, basically, he lost control of his car, sideswipes me, hits the front of the car that I'm in. Um, the airbags went off, knocked me out, and I was just long for the ride at this point. Yeah. But I ended up hitting a telephone pole, went straight through that. It, like, chopped the telephone pole in half. The car kept going. I then, like, tagged another couple cars and then ended up coming up to a complete stop because I plowed through a brick wall, and then, like, some bushes are what stopped my car. So I don't remember any of that. But then apparently from there, I was held, I was stuck in the car for, like, 35 minutes while they were waiting for uh, the Jaws of Life to show up to cut me out. And you don't remember any of that? I don't remember any of it. I was I was out, out. Like, right. I got knocked out good. God damn. <laughs> my only memory that I have is I wake up, and I'm in the hospital. And... Uh, 
I wake up and I'm, you know, in an ER, obviously. I don't know how I really got there, but I'm there. And the doctor is trying to talk to me and he goes, hey, do you know where you're at? And I looked at him and I go, well, I got a few ideas based on the scenery, which <laughs> I thought I was funny, but like he didn't even chuckle. He was tough crowd that day. Yeah. And he goes, well, you were in a automobile wreck. You hit this, this, and this. Um, he gives me this long list of injuries. He's like, your pelvis is shattered. Your ribs are broken. Uh, you had severe head trauma. You lost seven bags of blood. Um, you know, we have tubes inside your lungs right now. We sucked out two quarts of, or two bags of blood from there. We've, your kidneys smashed. We have a tube in your back sucking blood out of there. And he's like, just giving me like a laundry list of things. And then like the only thing that I really remembered or heard out of that was my kidney. So I look at him and I go, or he tells me that, you know, they're going to take me to surgery and they need to know, you know, uh, who to notify and blah, blah, blah. And I looked at him and I go, hey, save my kidney if you can. And I gave him the hang loose sign and then I passed back out. <laughs> and uh, I went in through surgery, got out of surgery. And then when I got out of surgery, I woke up and like the first thing I started asking everyone, I was like, did my kidney survive? Did my kidney survive? <laughs> and they were like, well, we didn't remove it yet, but... You know, we're going to try to keep it in there. So mm. long story short, it ended up surviving. So that's a huge plus. So you got good and, kidneys currently. Yep. I have both of them in me. So. Oh, man. Good there. Um, and yeah. And then so like from there, we go into next, like the scariest part of my life is he goes, hey, your wife wants to come see you. And I look at the doctor and I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, your wife is here to see you. And I was like, yo, I don't have a wife. <laughs> and he goes, well, it's your fiance or whoever. She said she's your wife. And I'm laying there super confused. I'm like, yo, how far did I get knocked back? Like, did I really, was I really married? I was like, did I actually ever break up with my ex that I was almost married to? Like, I'm trying to figure this all out. And I look at him, I go, well, what's her name? And he goes, I don't know. She just said she's your fiance or your wife. And I looked at him, I was like, yo, I don't have a fiance or a wife. And so now I'm like arguing with the doctor because he's convinced that it is my wife. And I'm over here going, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> so I told him not to send anyone in and I passed back out. And, uh, yeah, it was a, a wild journey. <laughs> Did you ever meet the wife? No, I don't know for sure who it was still to this day. I've asked everyone, and no one's taking credit for that one. So I don't know who the, the yeah. wife or the fiancé was. They or if it was it. just a doctor messing with me, maybe. Maybe he was the funny guy. Maybe, or they were just, like, contact. They thought you were somebody else and contacted somebody's wife. Hopefully they figured yeah. that out. <laughs> it could have been. I mean, I've, you know, I've had that experience before accidentally, so. Oh, man. <laughs> So, dude, uh, what are you doing right now to get yourself ready? Is there physical therapy? You taking, you know, medications? What, what's going on with you trying to get back to, you know, I'm not even talking about wrestling. To just yeah. get back to your uh, normal every day. You said you just tried to start walking, but you broke something. Yeah. So, I was in a wheelchair for two months, and then they finally okayed me to... Uh, we didn't do any physical therapy because I was on no weight bearing. So like there was no point in doing physical therapy because I couldn't move anything. Uh, they okayed me to start doing like 25% weight on my leg. And then they wanted me to move it to 50 and then 75 and then a hundred over the next month. Um, but he told me all the bones were healed. So he said that like, I didn't run any risk of re-injuring my bones. It was just a matter of like wearing myself out. So once I heard that, that was on Tuesday of last week. I was like, yo, I'm just going to start walking again and like not overdo it, but get back into it. And uh, I started walking actually pretty good. And I'm, I'm now to this point walking great. 
uh, yesterday I was feeling perfect, so I decided to go out and do some skateboarding, oh. and I ended up uh, skateboarding. I ended up skateboarding, yeah. Chase. Skateboarding. Yeah, yeah anyway, definitely sorry. wasn't the best idea, but I told myself I was going to just take it mellow, just go easy, and then that lasted for a good time. Like, I made it, you know, a good three hours with no issues, and then I started trying to do some stuff, and then uh, I ended up biting the pavement at, like, 20 miles per hour, and... Uh, did a little shoulder roll out of it and got some pretty good road rash on my shoulder. And then I got back up to try it again and do the same thing again. And then I ended up doing the exact same thing again, including the wreck. And, uh, so I had two 20 mile per hour wipeouts and then everyone was like, yo, you need to stop. And I was like, yeah, we'll call it a day. Oh, uh, I came back home, scrubbed all the debris out of my road rash and, uh, um, passed out. And then I woke up this morning and found out that my wrist is more than likely broken and potentially have a collarbone issue, but honestly, like they, you know, I, they don't even feel that limiting <laughs> after what I had just been through. So like, everyone was like, "Oh my god, your wrist is broken." I was like, "Yeah, but you know, I'm not that worried about it. We can move through with that." You crazy bastard! Yeah, you and know, like when I was when I was in that wreck, they wanted me in the hospital for like six to eight weeks, and I was in there like six days before I checked myself out and told them like I was going home. So, you know, I just I don't I think injuries are one of those things that like. If you truly want to take your time with it, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're also determined that you're going to fight through it and get better, like you can heal pretty good and pretty quickly if you're really determined that you're not going to let it hold you back. Oh, man. So the last thing about this incident that I'm going to ask you about, man, what are your goals right now? What, what, you know, it's hard to predict with the pandemic, right? But just yeah, take, take the, take the I, pandemic out of it. I predict would say what you're doing just month, to be back to human being and yeah. then wrestling and training. Yeah, I mean, for me right now, my only real goal is hopefully before the end of this month is to be back in a ring, uh, working something, you know. Um, whatever that is, I don't know yet. It's going to obviously be seeing what I feel like once I am in there. But, like, the plus side is that I learned after wrecking on the skateboard twice yesterday <laughs> is that, like, at this point, my pelvis and my spine and my ribs and my kidney and my legs and all that stuff it's doing good like it just took two abusive rolls and didn't get hurt so i feel like i'm at a point where i'm ready to start doing more and you know we'll, we'll stay off the skateboard probably for a little bit but it's uh i'm stoked i'm feeling good and i just want to get back in the ring all right chase well let's just stay off the skateboard let's not do anything crazy riding motorcycles and out racing and you know, all that kind of stuff. Get yourself healed up. Get that pelvis right. You know, get that, right. you know, wrist right that you just broke. And, uh, you know, start healing up. Start training and get ready for two thousand, or excuse me, 2021. That's the plan. <laughs> Hopefully sooner. But, you know, I think that's what everyone's shooting for right now is next year. I, I think you got to, man. Like you said, the rules, regulations, the government. You know, it's not like some of the states that maybe have their coronavirus numbers down, you know, where these GCW shows may be happening. I don't know that for sure. I'm just, you know, just rolling here. But uh, hopefully we can uh, get back in 2021 to having some wrestling shows and uh, get it going on again because I miss wrestling. I can't imagine a guy like yourself, a guy like yourself that is just gym rat, you know, wrestling, you know, just all you want, traveling all over every weekend like you used to. You're flying over to Western Washington to go train with Buddy Wayne Academy and all that kind of stuff, man. It, it, it's got to be tough. 
It is. And, you know, even take the wrestling aspect out of it. Like, I miss being able to travel. I miss being able to go places. Like, you still can't really do any of that stuff yet, so. (laughs) And it, it might get rolled back more because we have a lot of people in the United States society, not to get all political and politics and crap, that don't want to do, you know, what you need to do to help with this pandemic. Yeah, it truly is mind-blowing how many people either A, don't want to believe that it's a thing, or B, want to, I mean, the, we could do a whole other podcast on that alone. No. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's mind-blowing. I'm going to leave it at that. It's blind, blind, blah, 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 mind-blowing. And it's almost not even worth the discussion with some of the people because they won't listen anyway. But anyway, Chase, we've been chatting for like just an hour. Again, it seems like we've only been talking for 10, 15 minutes because uh, every time we do this podcast together, it's just a great time, like two buddies talking. And uh, dude, uh, in the downtime right now, do you have any merch out there that people can get a hold of? No, I don't. I So when the whole pandemic happened, I was like 100% against getting money from anyone. And that was like, even the same thing with my injury. Like when I was in the hospital, so many people were like, let me send you money, let me send you money. And I was like, hey, I don't want anything from anyone because like, we don't know what the future is going to bring with this. We don't know how tough times are going to be. So like, for me, I'm not putting anything out there. And, you know, I'd rather see people either save their money or spend it on something that they need rather than a merch. Like when we get back to enjoying stuff, then I'll bring my merch back out. Let me ask you about something real quick that I remember just off the top of my head. Uh, you said you were starting to, either in the hospital or at home, get into Eggo waffles. Um, oh, man. I love Eggos. Yeah. My favorite are the cinnamon apple ones. Oh, Explain man. to us about your Eggo waffle kick. So, first thing that changed for me after the accident is I started eating like a toddler. Um, I forgot that Eggo waffles were even a thing. And then I ate those, and I was like... I found myself waking up at 6 a.m., and I'm not a morning person, and I was waking up just to have egos. <laughs> and, man, between that and, like, I had a I had a gal who stayed with me throughout the entire thing. Like, I was super blessed with for that. And she totally helped me become a toddler all over again. Like, we had gummy bears everywhere. We were eating chicken nuggets for dinner. Mm. You know, we're getting ice cream for midnight snacks and – yeah, so like I found out that I really loved Eggo waffles, and I had <laughs> been really disappointed that I had not been eating Eggo waffles for the last few years. So, Eggos yeah. are great. Uh, try those apple cinnamon ones if you can, buddy. Um, I will. Uh, right now, I have like the hundred pack from Costco that was only like eight dollars. So, oh, of not only are they delicious, but they're cheap. There you go. A little butter, a little syrup on there. Oh, maybe oh, even yeah. peanut butter. Maybe even peanut butter. Yeah, no, I've gotten creative, man. I've had uh, just a regular butter and syrup, which is always a classic. You can't go wrong with that. Nope. But then the other day, I uh, wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I didn't have any bread. Nope. So I made an Eggo peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which still tasted amazing. So. Oh, my God, Chase. You're reminding me of my childhood right here, man. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, you have to get creative when you're, you know, I, I was crippled, so I couldn't exactly just go to the store. So I got creative of what we had around the house. <laughs> <laughs> How's that, uh, uh, you know, Uber uh, Eats and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff out there in, in Spokane? Uh, so I live in the country, kind of. So, like, I have it, but the options aren't really that great. Right. Um, so I don't do that that often. And then, like, you know, 
being stuck in a wheelchair, like I didn't really want to wheel all the way outside and meet someone <laughs> and try to carry food back in. Right. That is the one thing I've learned from all this is that like, um, for one, the biggest thing is I've learned how important it is to donate blood because like that was the one thing that almost killed me was the loss of blood. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it took like enough blood from like 15 to 20 donations from people is what I ended up using. So donate blood. Um, but two is like, I've seen the life, I've seen life from a whole other perspective now of being in a wheelchair and like, it's crazy. Like it was a whole new eye opening experience for me. Dude, I couldn't even imagine. Uh, that's incredible and uh, good for you, man. Uh, but you're coming out of that wheelchair right now, right? You said you started yeah. to walk, but you fucked up your wrist, but I'm still walking. I just potentially have a broken wrist right now and something going on with my shoulder. So well, you, you don't need that to walk. Yeah, no, you don't. And I'm still excited. Like I said, you know, I I came down with both of these injuries yesterday. Probably going to end up going to the doctors either tonight or tomorrow. But they're so minor to me compared to what I had just got over that, like, I don't even, I'm not even (laughs) bummed about them. So, All right. Chase James is taking his ass to the doctor tonight or tomorrow to get his wrist checked. But anyway, how do we uh, check with you on social media Best way to get a hold of me is on social media, mostly Twitter, at ChaseJames58. Give me a follow, shoot me a message, or tag me in your favorite meme, either way. Oh, man, and like I said, I'm I'm glad you're still here with us, Chase, kicking, you know, training, still being a smartass. And uh, any final thoughts before we head off into that great sunset tonight? Oh, man, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any big exit plans, so... I guess just uh, have fun, stay safe, and live your life to the fullest. And Chase, man, uh, good for you. I'm glad you're doing well. We can't wait to see your ass back up at Without a Cause or whatever, you know, Prestige, any of the wrestling promotions when the time comes next year. Absolutely. Hey, man, have a good night. Uh, Appreciate you coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again sometime soon. You will. This episode recorded at the Bigfoot headquarters. This has been a Swagamore production production.